Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Well, are you guys ready for the message today? All those people that were mentioned, there was, there was many more, but those were just the ones that looked good. <laughs> there was, a, there was a, all of those people, you may not know them, um, I know them, wife knows them personally. Uh, they have made such an impact in my life. And uh, I honestly don't know where I would be today without them. So from, from my perspective, as your lead pastors, and you may not know those people, or maybe you know of them, uh, the seeds and the deposits they have given me um, are what I'm able to give over to you. So you may not know them, but you deserve to thank them. Uh, because they have strengthened me and they have strengthened my wife through uh, countless months and conversations. And uh, I had the opportunity of being able to go with them uh, and meet some of them, or not meet with them, but just to hang out with them for about a few days. And uh, I was just telling them about the church. And they're like, so how long has the church been around? And uh, we were like, oh, we're coming up on our five-year anniversary. And most of them, the remarks that you would get, you know, sometimes people like, Oh, you're married for five years. Good job. Or if, maybe if, you know, my wife and I, we just celebrated 10 years back in July. And some of you have maybe been married for 30 years, 35, 40 years. And you're probably thinking, well, that's a good start. Good for you guys. But that's kind of how it was when I was talking to them about church. I was saying, yeah, our church has been around for five years. And some of these guys, girls that have had their churches for 30, 40 years, they're like, oh, you guys are just getting started. I was like, what are you talking about? We've been around for five years. You know, every little kid thinks they're bigger than what they really are, right? Oh, I'm stronger. I can fight you. I can teach you. I'm, 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 so, I'm faster, you know. But uh, it was just a, a matter of perspective that I really appreciated. And uh, although they were saying, yeah, you're, you're five years, and it made me wonder this question, that I had this message prepared, um, but even just yesterday I was, I was like in and out in between consciousness, you know, that afternoon nap, you got to sleep after the Husker Blues, right? And uh, the Holy Spirit just started bringing some things to my remembrance, and so the message is a little bit different today in terms of what I feel like I'm, I need to share with you, and uh, it's, it's than what I had prepared before. Um, but I want to be able to talk about this, this topic, finish strong. What does it take to finish strong? And so whether our church is five years or some of these other churches are 40 plus years, uh, what does it take to finish strong? And I want to be able to read from you from, for, to you from 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I won't have, much, I won't have anything up on screens today, so that's why you've got to be able to take notes. Don't rely just on your picture to take photos and stuff, but actually write in your notes. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, we're reading out of the, the NIV version. I have my Bible. Who has our Bible today? Let me see it. Lift it up in the air. All right. Say, this is my Bible. Say, speak to me, Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. We will start in 2 Timothy 4, and then we will finish in 2 Timothy 4. So you could just leave it there. Paul is saying this to his, his child in the faith, Timothy. He says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. 
Now, say now. Now, only after that he fought the good fight. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness with the Lord, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. That's us. So there's something in store for us today. So if you're taking notes, and uh, you can turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, finish strong. Finish strong. Say, other neighbor, finish strong. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, pray that you would speak through me today. Open our ears to hear you. Open our eyes to see you. Help us to know what it means to finish strong. Thank you, Lord. Pray you bless our time. And right now, open up your hands, church, and say these words after me. Say these words. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, let's put our hands together for the word of God today. Come on. Hey. Now, what I know about life is that we all want to finish strong. Raise your hands if you want to finish strong. Yes. No one doesn't want to finish strong. No one starts something without the intention of finishing it strong. No one invests money into the stock market or a thing not expecting to finish strong. No one starts a marriage or gets married expecting to get divorced. No one buys a house expecting for it to become dilapidated and to fall apart. And what I love most of all is that no one hires a coach expecting to fire them and paying them $17 million to leave. If there's anyone in the football league that has the football league, what am I up here? Am I even an athlete up here? If there's anyone in football that I think finished strong, that'd be Tom Brady. I was a Peyton Manning fan, but Tom Brady needs to write a book or something, man, because that guy is, I will give it to him, the GOAT. But as Christians, we are called to finish strong. Do you agree? We are called to finish strong. But what keeps us from finishing strong? Jesus mentioned, you know, wide is the path that leads to destruction and narrow is the path that leads to life. We find that in Matthew 7. He says that there will be many that will come to him and call him Lord, but he'll say, away from me, I never knew you. What does it really mean to finish strong? And in order to know how to finish strong, we got to kind of know where we start, right? Where does this race start? And I can find no better example of where this race for us as believers, when Paul is mentioning, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, where is that initial deposit of faith found in the Bible? And I find it in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew 13 is the story of the sower. He has a hand of seed and he throws it and he scatters it on the ground. It says some seed falls along the path where the birds come in and pick up the seed. Some falls on the rocky soil where it can't get enough deep roots, and so it grows, but then it withers up and dies from the heat and the sun. Some seed falls amongst other weeds, and the, they, they grow up, and the weeds choke it out. And then it says, Jesus says this, some seed falls on good soil. And what does it do? Jesus says that it produces fruit 30, 60, or 100 times full. Now, I've heard many interpretations of this and exactly what does this seed represent and, and how is this applicable to our lives. And I could give my own opinion, but I actually like Jesus' 
opinion. You know, Jesus actually shares what he is talking about because a disciple, a good disciple, knows how to ask questions. So the disciples go to Jesus and says, yo, Jesus, what you mean by all that scattering the seed and the, the things growing and withering out? What does all that mean? And Jesus shares with them in Matthew chapter 13, verse 18. He says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message, remember, we're talking about starting, where this message starts, right? Anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path, the road. The seed falling on rocky ground, remember, this is Jesus talking, on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, when trouble or persecution comes because of the world, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth. Remember, living our whole life just to get money. Choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So this is the soil's response to the seed. So if you're taking notes, write this down. The soil determined the success of the seed. There was nothing wrong with the seed. It wasn't a bad seed. It wasn't a seed that had mold or mildew on it. It was a good seed. But the type of soil that the seed fell on determined the outcome of the seed. And I want to ask you today, when Jesus is talking about this soil, he's talking about us as people that we are the soil that receives the seed. And I ask you today, what kind of soil are you? What kind of soil are you? What do we find? The seed with no roots, what happened to it? It withered away when the sun came up, right? The seed cannot grow. The rocky soil, what do we find with the seed that was planted amongst weeds? What happened? It grew up, but then it was choked out. So you weren't able to receive the seed because the soil wasn't purified enough. It wasn't surrounded by the right material. Either it was on the path, it was surrounded by the rocks, or it was surrounded by the weeds. It wasn't planted in the right spot. The soil wasn't in the right spot to be able to receive the seed. Now, even though if you have something planted in the right soil, the soil determines the side of that seed. You could put a mighty oak tree in a pot And that oak tree will only grow so big because the roots can't get deep enough. The soil determines a lot of your seed. What kind of soil are you carrying today? The seed has all the potential in the world. The determining factor is the soil. Now get this today. None of those other seeds produced fruit except the one that was in the good soil. Jesus referenced fruit. Get this today. Jesus referenced fruit, not the size of the plant. He referenced the production. 
not just the growing big. He didn't say, in this plant got really big. He didn't even say how big the crop got. He referenced its fruit that it produced. Not just growing, not just growing, but actually reproducing. See, many people I see want to grow in their faith, but they don't ever want to produce anything. So I want to tackle this type of argument, this thought that I've heard around church for the past 20 years, and it's a thought that many of you also have heard, is that saying, I'm just not getting fed. Again, it's not the seed. It's the soil. It's the receptivity of the seed. The soil is determining the receptivity of the seed. I have four kids. We try to raise our kids up in the way of the Lord. So we try to expose them to things at a certain amount of time. So they watch a lot of Bible shows, right? How many of y'all grew up on VeggieTales? VeggieTales, all right, perfect. It's a little weird now, but, you know, old school VeggieTales. That's what we like to watch. You know, like Joshua and the Battle of Jericho. You know, like we like to watch that one. And the pies and everything like that. And, and the slushies or the slurpees and everything, you know. But what I found is that me, though, being a man that I would say is well-versed in the Word of God, and I would say I have so much more room to grow, but at the same time, I am not closed off to where I can receive the Word from. So I will watch these shows, and I can pluck out diamonds in the midst of coal because of the soil. It's not dependent on how well the Word is communicated. It's a children's show, but I'm able to pick the word of truth from it because good soil can receive the seed. In your life, if you're going around saying, I'm just not getting anything from that, I would question your receptivity of the word of life. Now, I think there are times times and places and seasons where you are around people that are more like weeds and they're actually choking you out rather than feeding life. So I'm not saying this is an absolute, but you've got to have wisdom to discernment what, is actually, what it actually means when you say, I am not getting fed. Are you really not getting fed, or are you not digging? Or are you not hungry? Because I can find a, a word in a kid's show. Certainly, you can find a word in a message or a group or a Bible reading plan or something of that sort. We all have to be consumers of the word, not just on Sunday, outside of Sunday, coming together to be able to contribute what God has sown into us. We got to be able to be hungry for the word of God outside of a Sunday. I am not your, uh, I can't say that. You know, I'm not your, your feeder. I'm not. It's not what I'm here for. I'm here to challenge you, rebuke, and encourage. We'll go a little bit further as we, we'll talk about, but go back to 2 Timothy 4. So I find there's a lot of people that they know about the Bible, they know a lot about God and how church should be, and I want to encourage you, be mindful of a person who always has an opinion but never a helping hand, because there's many people that feel like they have it all figured out, but here I am on stage with the mic and saying, I got a long ways to go. We all have a long ways to go. That humble heart enables you to receive the word of God. That's just things that I've learned over life, you know, but let's go back to this idea that Jesus is talking about producing fruit. Jesus talks about, what is it? He doesn't talk about the size of the, the plant. He talks about the fruit it produces, 160, 30 times fold. Jesus spoke of reproduction, not just growth. What good is it to grow in your faith if you never reproduce? Jesus took this so seriously that he cursed the fig tree. 
It said, let no fruit come from that tree because it had the appearance, but no fruit. See, if we want to finish strong, write this down, we have got to be reproducers, not just growers. If you want to finish strong, you got to reproduce. You got to replicate. Why else would Paul say in scripture, you have many teachers, but you don't have many fathers? Paul says they have many teachers, but not many fathers. Because get this, teachers give knowledge, fathers reproduce. 1 Corinthians 4.14 says this, this is out of the Amplified. I do not write these things to shame you, Paul says, but to warn and advise you as my beloved children. He's calling them children. My beloved children. For even if you were to have 10,000 teachers to guide you in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers who led you to Christ and assumed, get this, assumed responsibility for you. For I became your father, Paul's saying, I became your father in Christ Jesus through the good news of salvation. So I urge you, he says, I became your father, so now I urge you, be imitators of me, just as an, a child imitates his father. For this reason, for this reason, I sent Timothy. Where did we start our reading at? Out of Timothy, right? Second Timothy. He says, Second Timothy 4, he says, for this reason, I sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. It wasn't his kid. Paul wasn't married, never had kids. But Timothy was his child in the Lord. He reproduced. My child in the Lord. And he will remind you of my way of life. He will remind you, because I'm not going to be there. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ. My conduct and my precepts for godly living. Just as I teach everywhere in every church I go. Let's go back just a little bit. He talks about fathers. He says, you don't have many fathers who assumed responsibility for you. For you. In this church, we need men and women that assume responsibility for the person on your right and the person on your left. Who in this house do you have influence in? Are you being a father to them? Are you being a mother to them? Are you able to reproduce what Christ has done in you in them? Or is it just about what I can get out of church? We are all called, we are all called to be some kind of father or mother in here. Well, I'm not old enough. We have youth. Well, I'm 20. We have 18-year-olds. We have 19-year-olds. And it isn't necessarily even age. It's just you're a little bit further along in life than they are. So a humble heart is able to receive. So someone with kids or doesn't have kids at the age of 30 is looking at me and saying, well, hey, maybe I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. I can't receive anything from you. But I'm in a different stage of life. You know? Now, for me, I'm looking at people with teenagers and I'm saying, Help! Help! <laughs> Because I'm eager to learn. I want to be able to receive. And so I find fathers and I pull fathers into me. But at the same time, we are called to reproduce and to produce children of God and children of the faith. He said they did not assume responsibility over you. We need fathers and mothers that assume responsibility over the people that God has entrusted in this house. And then he says, be imitators of me. Does your conduct, is your conduct worth imitating? I'm saying, yeah, guys, I'm not perfect by any means. But I was just up on stage saying, you know how important it is to receive the presence of God? And if I could imitate anything to you or give you anything, it's to know the importance of the presence of God in your life. That's an example of imitating. 
He says he's looking for imitators. He says Timothy is his beloved and faithful child. So let's go back to these plants. We're talking about plants in here. I'm not a botanist, but um, that's the right word, right? Okay, I don't know why you guys are laughing then. You know, <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's, let's talk about these plants, right? There's two areas where plants get resources from. Can you name it out? What's the first one? The sun. What's that called? Photosynthesis. It's called photosynthesis. Okay. But then the second one, where does it get? Where's the water at? In the soil. So in the sky and in the earth. It gets it from the sun, S-U-N. We're called to get it from the sun, S-O-N. Holy Spirit. You know, but we're also supposed to get a healthy soil. You get a healthy soil by digging deep. You get a healthy soil by staying planted, by getting rooted. That's a healthy soil. A plant cannot survive one without the other. It is not good. We hear in the Bible, the Bible says, hey, it's not good for man to be alone. Can I tell you that you cannot survive with just God? You need community. You need family. You need people in your world that can tell you no. You need people in your world that can sharpen you when you got some rough edges. But you have to be planted. So the sun, photosynthesis, the soil, nutrients, and waters. We pick up Psalm 93. Mackenzie mentioned it in her story. Psalm 93, verse 12. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. It's the Bible, y'all. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Didn't say uprooted. They're not a potted plant that gets moved around wherever they want to go, well, hey, I'm not getting some sunlight over here, so I just need to be moved over here. And they'll stay in that pot their entire life, and they will never dig roots deep enough to actually produce fruit. Oh, they'll grow, but they don't replicate. They don't reproduce because they can't be a father or a mother because they're always being moved around. It's about reproducing. It's about replication. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, they will still bear fruit in old age. They will still stay fresh and green. I don't care how old you are or how old you think you are. I know what the Bible says. You will still bear fruit. If you feel like you're barren, there are plenty of children in this house. And some of you are like, well, I'm 25. Yeah, he's talking about the older people. No, I'm talking about you. Who are you replicating in? Who are you imparting into? It says they will bear fruit if they are planted. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. They will still bear fruit. They will still bear fruit. You only bear fruit if you're planted. What does it mean to be planted and bear fruit? Okay, get this. A planted tree receives what? What's in the sky? The sun. Okay? And what is in the, the earth? The, the water, the soil, the soil, nutrients, phosphates, uh, nitrogen, all help the plant grow. And that helps it produce fruit. So get this today. For us as believers, in order for the word of God to grow in our lives, a godly growth process is one that consumes to contribute, not just consumes. It's not just about what this church can do for me, but what can I do for the church? It receives photosynthesis, it has nutrients. What do plants produce? Oxygen. 
that enables the surrounding environment to breathe. Do you see this? A plant that's rooted, receiving sunlight, but also grounded, enables for the surrounding environment to be able to breathe. It gives oxygen. Oxygen is also referred, the spirit is like a breath of air. Breath of air. For us to be able to give the breath of life to our city, we've got to get planted. We keep getting moved around. We're not going to be able to grow big enough to be able to give oxygen to the city around us. So if all we ever do is take, we do not bear fruit. So we're no better than that fig tree that Jesus cursed. We're no better than the person with one talent that buried it because we were afraid of losing it. So we had something, but we never put it to use. So let's go back to Paul. Let's go back to Paul. He talks about finishing this race strong. How do we finish strong? Don't you guys want to know how do we finish strong? Say that. Say how, Pastor Eli. I want to know how we finish strong. I'm only 31. I, I don't know if I have another day left in me, so I give every day my most. But I want to be able to know how to finish strong. So Paul is talking about how to finish strong. And I want to kind of wrap all this up in what he's talking about. 2 Timothy 4, 6, we read this. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And this time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul is talking to Timothy. Who is Timothy in relation to Paul? His child in the faith, right? Paul is talking to Timothy. Timothy being his child in the faith. Paul is able to reproduce who he is in Timothy. He's talking to Timothy, who's the lead pastor of Ephesus. Now for me, before I leave someone's life, or if I'm, let's say I'm, I'm, charge, I'm giving them away for the most part, let's say I'm, I'm marrying someone. Before I marry someone, I give them a charge. How many are familiar with that, that you give them a charge? Like I charge you now, groom and bride, to do this, to be the spiritual provider of your home, the priest of your home. I charge you also to serve one another uh, faithfully without withholding. You know, that's a charge that I give them. Paul is talking about this race that he is running. And before he goes about finishing this race, let's go back just a little bit before he starts talking about that race. We're going to go in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. This is right before he says, I've been poured out like a drink offering. Again, poured out like a drink offering. I'm here to contribute, not just to consume. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. Right before he says that, in verse 1, he says, In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead in the view of his appearing of his kingdom, I give you this charge, young Timothy, my child in the faith. This is what I want you to do. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct. Rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Now he's talking about correct, rebuke, encourage. Again, I'm not your, he's saying correct, rebuke, and encourage. I'm here to help guide you. And some people cancel the moment that I say something that you don't agree with. Don't with that church, potted plant. Receive some sunlight here. He says, correct, rebuke, and encourage. This is what he's talking to Timothy. Timothy to be in the pastor of the church of Ephesus. 
Because he says in verse 3, For Timothy, the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers. Not fathers, but teachers. To say what their itching ears want to hear. They're like a plant that was planted and then uprooted, seeking teachers, not fathers, what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. <laughs> we just talked about the hell and back. Such a great series. Arguably one of my favorite we've ever done. Talks about suffering. Endure hardship. It's inevitable. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. And next verse he says, For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So right before that, he says, discharge all the duties of your ministry. But he's the pastor. No, no, no. He's a father. To help reproduce and to help replicate what it looks like to be a child in the kingdom. The other day, Kelly left me with the kids like every father should be every once in a while left with the kids without any help or support but the only thing that the wife needs to do I recommend this give them a time that you'll be home so, and she says hey if you're able I'd love for you to be able to clean the house and do this this and this and this and I took so much offense to that I said if I'm able please you know who I am I'm more than able I can clean this house just as good as you she says, see, you interpreted it that way. I was more saying because these kids are always pulling and they're always talking and they're always, which is good. We're not cursing that by any means. But she's saying it, it can get hard to do what you're, you need to do when you got all these kids around. When Kelly wasn't there, I made them clean the house. But I was cleaning the house with them. We got a three-year-old on a vacuum cleaner that's taller than them. They're like, trying to vacuum, but I'm still there as a father, able to reproduce and replicate, saying, hey, this is family, and family takes care of the house, because we're all living in this house together. You're not just going, Papa, take care of the house. Papa, clean up this. Papa, clean up that. Mommy, do this. Mommy, do that. No, no, no. I'm replicating. I'm teaching them how to be adults, so I'm strengthening them. I'm correcting. I'm encouraging them, rebuking them at many times, but I really want to highlight this. The thing that is going to derail the church the most is when we are more hungry for teachers than we are fathers. He says, they will find themselves many teachers. You have so much information at the hand of your fingertips. I go to that church. No, you watch that church online. And I might not be talking because you all in church today. But I need to be able to encourage you and correct you and rebuke you so that you can be able to do the same to other believers and sharpen them as well. People need to be planted in a house not so that they can grow, but so that they can produce fruit. Because fathers reproduce, they hand off responsibility. They also discipline. And so in order for you to be planted and flourish in the house, you've got to be able to be rebuked by a father. See, this church is more than a social club. It's a community. 
It's more than a church you attend, but a family you are a part of. Family is funny, isn't it? Anyone have that crazy uncle that's like, oh, here he is again. I don't really want to talk. You know, here he goes again. He's still your uncle. He doesn't cease being a part of your family. You disagree with him. That didn't stop being your uncle. Many of you disagree with your parents. They do not cease being your parents. And in times, it's inevitable in your life that you will disagree with leadership within a church. But if you want to finish strong, you got to see that they are still part of the family that you're called to be grounded in and rooted in. Paul talks about, throughout Timothy, he talks about all the people that have abandoned, and I'm more so talking about people that have, he, he, he's, he's talking about people that have actually betrayed and everything like that. I'm talking to a culture within Omaha, Nebraska, that sees church as something that I attend rather than a family that I am planted into. I'm not talking to my city church. I'm confronting a cultural stronghold in Omaha. We need to be able to confront that. See, this is more than a community. Actually, this is a covenant community. Do you know what covenant is? It's a strong bond sealed by the sacrament of communion. We take communion together as a family, eating together in remembrance of Jesus Christ who suffered for us on the cross to give us new life. So when we were orphaned, he did not leave us as orphans, but he brought us in as children, as daughters and sons of God. It's so much more than a community. I am kind of getting a little, that word community, I, I love Casey and Riley, they, they were, we were talking to them the other day. They're like, why do we say community, community all the time? I was like, I don't know, because it's community. You can get community at the volleyball court. You can go get it at the gym. You can go get it in the bowling league. You can get community. Com nothing against any of that stuff. But we are actually a godly sealed community of covenant that is more like family than it is a social club. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to look to the person next to you and do your best Vin Diesel impression. Say, this is family. What does he say in that? He said, salute the familia. 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 Italian. Yeah. Familia. I don't know how else he, how else you say it. This is family. This church has got to be family. What causes you to finish strong? Paul's talking to Timothy. He reproduced who he was in Timothy, his child in the faith. To be able to finish strong, you have to look at church as family. Family sticks through thick and thin. We got each other's back. We support one another. We call one and out. We get honest and real with one another. And so I give you this, this question. Who in your life has permission to tell you no, you're wrong? Those guys on that screen, they have permission to tell me no. I'm wrong. I have that. I also have board members in this church that have permission to tell me no, I'm wrong. In this church, we have got to be able to be people that are open to other people saying no, you're wrong. Or hey, 
keep going. You're doing right. Would you stand to your feet? See, what we see happening in culture today is people jumping from thing to thing, uh, uh, a group to group, because someone says something that they don't agree with. And what I see is that insecure people love their echo chamber because it won't be long before they have just a bunch of people that sound like them, not because of transformation, but because of isolation. And they've just surrounded themselves with people that speak the same thing. So they cancel anyone and everyone they disagree with. But you don't cancel family. And you only get this. This is my last point here today. You only reproduce within the confines of family. We want to finish strong as a church. We got to aim to be able to reproduce. We got to aim to be able to replicate. We got to aim to be able to build up children of the faith in Christ. Here we are five years. I'm going to pray that this will be a church that reproduces who we're called to be in Christ in this city. Let me pray for you today. Father God, I thank you for, for the last five years that you've entrusted us with. God, I pray that it would be another great five years. God, we thank you that the best is yet to come here in my city. God, but I pray that we would not be a church that is so consumed with, with, with growth or looking good on the outside that we don't ever produce any fruit. And God, the same way you looked at that fig tree and you said, curse that fig tree. God, I pray that we would be a church, God, that we hate anything, we hate anything that doesn't produce fruit. God, help us to be people, men and women of God, fathers and mothers in this house, able to encourage, strengthen, rebuke. God, I pray that also as children, as we're all children to some extent, I pray that we'd be receptive as a child of God should be. God, help us to be that and marked by that over the next five years. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.